Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield. And this is a bonus episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Now, as ever, let's begin by banging these bongos. Yeah, right. Crazy. Hello. And welcome to this bonus episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. And today, I'm going to be taking you to meet Rich Simmons. Rich is best known for his stencil work, which mainly brings in influences from popular culture and art history. Let me just tell you a little more about Rich in his own words. Rich Simmons is a contemporary urban pop artist who has exhibited all over the world. London-based Rich Simmons has a global reach and a celebrity following having exhibited in some of the world's most prestigious galleries. Simmons' bold use of colour, intricately detailed hand-cut stencil, sense of humour and thought-provoking narrative running through his work is proving Rich is both an innovator and a highly collectible artist. And on top of all that, Simmons is also the creator and founder of the charity Art is the Cure. Pretty good stuff, eh? And if that wasn't enough... Rich also has Hollywood's red carpets and private jets in his sights. But hear more from the man himself. So please, come with me as I met Rich Simmons. Rich, I have seven questions that I ask each artist. Yep. And the first being, how would you explain what you do to someone that wouldn't know your work? Um, in terms of my art style, I would say that I create a hybrid of pop art and street art using stencils and spray paint but with influences from 1950s comic books using lessons that i've learned from the renaissance uh trying to be a storyteller my Mm. heroes are da vinci and stanley um (laughs) good combination so I, i try and create artwork that is visually exciting there's some kind of narrative and depth in it it's it's visually bold 
and it's using these different techniques that I've learned from uh, engineering to stencil cutting to color management, all these different things to create something that is a hybrid of all of these different styles that mm. I love. And where did that idea come from? Um, I guess I'm greedy. I want to do all the things that I love. Uh, I don't want to just stick to one thing. I love graphic design. I love illustration. I love engineering. Uh, I love spray paint and graffiti. So being able to combine the graphic design element, drawing it with the illustration, whether it's yeah. on the light box or, or freehand, cutting it and figuring out how, how the layers work and engineering a piece so I know that it works from the second it's on a computer to when it's on a canvas, I know every single process. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the immediacy of spray paint, getting to work with that and seeing it be done very quickly, being able to lift that stencil off, it ticks all of these boxes that I love. And I want to be able to have a diverse range of creative outlets. I want to be able to tell stories. I want to be able to create things that people are excited to come and see. I want to invent new ways that stencils can be uh, portrayed, new ways that color can be included in the artwork. Yeah. So I'm always trying to find ways to push myself and my limits and not just stick to, to one thing. I like to be able to diversify what I do on a day. So every day is different. It could be a Photoshop day. It could be a stencil cutting day. It could be a painting day. It could be packing prints, designing fashion. It could be building websites, whatever it might be. I get to do all these different things and never get bored. Got a, a hat stand with many different hats on. As I said, I'm a massive fan of Da Vinci. So I come from that school of polymath. How can I be the best version of myself in lots of different things because each different skill set can uh, can link into another one so if i can learn how to play with color better whether that's from exploring prints like using holographic materials in, in prints that will then inspire me to create that in canvases and one thing leads to another um and and plays off each other i like to get inspired in different ways and have all these different outlets and have all these different skills because you never know where you're going to get inspired next it might yeah. be music it might be food it might be going to a comic book convention it might be reading a novel it might be watching a film all of these different things that i have interests in i might pick one idea from there yeah, and one idea, from, one idea yeah. from there and you create a new idea so it's all about having an open mind and trying to do all these different things to the best of my ability and and hope that it inspires the next big breakthrough or the next big idea that I can go out and create. Yeah, nice. New nice. Did you have creativity in the home growing up? Um, I mean, I was always an artistic kid. That was just how I communicated. Um, it wasn't until later after leaving school that I actually found out I was on the autism spectrum. So being creative was always my natural outlet yeah. for communication it was always a natural thing for me to draw and create and even in school I would um I could draw every character from the Simpsons when I was a teenager so I would draw my friends in school as a Simpsons character and they oh, would pay nice. me a pound. Yeah, yeah. So I've always had that entrepreneurial side as well using creativity in that way and then going through things in life and and realizing how my brain is wired how creativity helps me in different ways it helped me when I was struggling with depression and art was my outlet. I was able to communicate it when I couldn't verbalize it yeah. and art saved my life in a lot of ways. So creativity has always been my, uh, my backup. It's always been my closest ally and it's uh, something that's become 
a passion and a career and a lifesaver. Oh, nice. Do you remember the point in which you wanted to become an artist? Yeah, I mean, growing up, I I wanted to be a storyteller, but I didn't know how. I, I grew up on uh, cartoons and animation. I, I wanted to be an animator. I wanted to work for Pixar. You see Toy Story and things like that coming out, and you think, wow, this is incredible. Yeah. They've engineered these characters. They've brought them to life. They've told stories, creativity, and all these different inspiring energies uh, i want to do that i want to be able to create things i want to inspire people i want to make people happy i want to create characters and, and do all this kind of stuff but then growing up realizing maybe my path isn't necessarily being another cog in the machine of pixar maybe i wanted to like i was in bands i wanted to play on stage i liked the limelight yeah being a pixar unless you're a director of the film your name's at the end of the credits then learning about people like Banksy and, and Shepard Fairey and those kind of artists and going to their gallery shows, seeing what they were doing. They were still telling stories, but they were doing it with individual images rather than a whole moving... In a more direct uh, fashion, yeah. Exactly. So that's when I kind of started to realise, okay, maybe I could do something like that. Maybe I could cut stencils. Maybe I could tell stories. Maybe I could um, still scratch that itch of wanting to be like a, a Stan Lee or a, a Jack Kirby kind of character. Yeah. Um, but using this new love of street art and graffiti and spray paint, how can I do all of that and have my name on the banner? Yeah. So sit my name on the gallery window for the first time was kind of a, a breakthrough, like, wow, it's actually happened. I've done it. This is what I want to do. Why was that, Rich? Um, I had my first gallery show and my first solo show where I actually had my name on the window and it was just my artwork was 2012. Oh yeah. But it was a piece that I did at the start of 2011 of Will and Kate dressed up as the Sex Pistols. Right <laughs> okay. The Royal Wedding. I was doing commercial graffiti for, for companies going and painting at festivals and bedrooms yeah, and yeah. Like that, learning, learning the skills, learning how to use spray paint having other artists that I could learn from that had been in graffiti for years. And I was kind of taking those lessons and applying it and adapting it and understanding how Banksy was doing his career. And, and I did this piece of Will and Kay and I showed it to a few friends and they, half of them said, don't do this. You'll get absolutely <laughs> slaughtered. And then a few of the friends said, that's hilarious. You have to do that. And it was the first time I thought this is a piece I can put my name to and actually yeah. step up as an artist. So I did that piece, everything that I'd learned from marketing and from graffiti and everything else. I applied to this piece and I called up the press and I spent a couple of days with a friend in my studio while I was cutting the stencils. We were calling up all the different newspapers and paparazzi saying there's going to be a piece of street art of Will and Kate. You're not going to want to miss, miss this. And lo and behold, we went to South Bank where we could go and do legal graffiti and, and street art without... Uh, any worries about the police turning up and we spent the whole day doing this piece and it was beautiful and by the end of the day we had Japanese TV we had BBC we had sick paparazzi there and the next day it had gone global it went viral I was getting calls from opera gallery and t-shirt companies and wanted print deals and it was very very I was thrown in at the deep end I'd never really done canvas work or anything like that before so all of a sudden when galleries are saying, can we have one of these on a canvas? And I'm saying, sure, yeah, I can do that. And then Probably. going away and how the hell that? <laughs> so you say yes, and then you figure out afterwards. And yeah, you got to run with it. 
I'm hanging next to Banksy. Yeah, grab uh, the opportunity and figure it out after. Exactly, exactly. So that's what I did, and I uh, I jumped in the deep end. I taught myself how to swim, and I've evolved from there, and I've changed a lot as a person. And I found my style, and I found my voice, and I found my energy that I want to project. And and now here we are, a decade later, and I'm doing okay. There you go. Good on you. And which piece that you've created do you think has got the strongest emotional connection? Um, I think the piece that's connected to the most people and had the most uh, emotional charge is probably Superman and Batman. Yeah. Because it ticked so many boxes with trying to tell a story at a time. I did this first in 2014 when there was still a lot of a uh, disparity between gay equality in places like America yeah. it was still not legal in a lot of states. And I had friends that had come out to me as gay and I was learning a lot more about the struggles they were fighting. And I wanted to be a voice. I wanted to be an advocate for them. And I did a, a, a an entire show called uh, kryptonite and it was all about superheroes. And I did wonder woman on the cover of playboy to talk about women in the media and, and things like that. And how, in order for them to get the same recognition as a man, you don't go out and be a hero and a gold medal. You have to strip off and that's how you get the fame. And that's yeah, not yeah. right. So I was trying to use this platform to tell all these different stories and superheroes were my vehicle and Superman and Batman kissing was the first time I kind of told this story about them and what it means to be gay, what it means to be a hero and how you should judge people on their actions, not necessarily on their sexuality. And if more people can do that, hopefully there'll be less judgment on on the fact that someone wants to love someone yeah. shouldn't be something that someone's judged for the fact that someone wants to be a hero and save someone's life yeah judge them on that and they're a hero for that so i was trying to add multiple levels of emotional charge and story within that piece and it went viral and i got to do it before superman versus batman the movie came out and i i went from london to new york to la just trying to do it in as many places that would be visible as possible for it to get picked up. Of course. And, um, and did it? It went viral again. Yeah, it did. went viral again. And uh, about a week after it was going viral on Huffington Post and, and all those other sites, I got emails from Warner Brothers. And that's the point that I thought I'm, I'm getting sued for this now. And it turns out the head of the movie division wanted to buy the piece and invite me to a red carpet event to meet the whole DC squad. Nice. And I got to meet Superman and Batman and I got to show right. them the piece and they got to show their support for it and thank me for doing that so superb good story this has allowed me to travel the world meet heroes like actual heroes it's people have gone on and and had weddings and they've had Superman and Batman on top of their cake or they've worn something <laughs> brilliant things like that they've they've gone out and they've embraced this idea that I'm Batman and you're Superman and and we can be heroes and we can go and get married and be strong and, and yeah. fight the good fight. So I'd seen that image quite often and I didn't realize it was yours until very recently, but um, yeah, yeah, good image, good image. It made me, made me smile when I first saw it. That's what good art should do. It should um, tell a story. It should make you stop and think and question something or yeah. like I've gone to gallery shows and the artwork's nice and you look at it and you're okay great next okay great next and i've gone to gallery shows and i've just been floored and i stare at a piece for what feels like hours just trying to understand the techniques trying to understand the story being in awe of of that thing 
that's a successful piece of artwork, whether it's good or bad, whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or don't. Uh, the fact that it can stop you in your tracks and make you have conversations and make you feel something. Yeah, that's a successful piece of artwork. So I think Superman and Batman is probably the most successful piece of art I've done in terms of stopping people in their tracks and making them look at it and question it and wonder what the story yeah. is and peeling back all these layers. And that's why I think it's it's been the, the most popular piece. Um, yeah, so I agree. Far. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I agree. And, I mean, you've mentioned a few artists throughout this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was you and five other artists, past and present, what would your ideal group show be? Oh, Da Vinci. Because he's... I've got... Da Vinci tattooed on me. I'm a <clears throat> nice. He's my hero. Um, so him for the fact that he he's the first superhero to be able to question him not just about artwork but about engineering and, and literature and music and and all the different things that he did. I could have a dinner with just him, but in terms of trying to have a diverse range, I would love to meet Banksy and just have him around a table and be able to communicate ideas about that not necessarily an artist, but Stan Lee, who created the characters, who was part of the artistic yeah, process, who yeah. was the storyteller. I think he fits that bill. I would love to meet him. Unfortunately, I never got the opportunity. Um, that's one of my big regrets. So uh, Stan Lee would be there. Uh, David Cho, I think, has got an incredible story. He's had a, the most ridiculous life. And I, I think he would be a phenomenal company to have there. And uh, I'd probably throw a wild card in there and either do Salvador Dali or Andy Warhol. I think one of those two. Uh, let's go Dali because he's weird. He'd probably Good. turn up with an lot or an anteater. And... So, yeah. <laughs> and, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. If you wasn't an artist, Rich, what do you think you'd like to be? I mean, I grew up wanting to be a rock star as well. Nice. Uh, like I played bass in bands when I was younger and, and did that until I realized I had to move to London to pursue the art career and, and see what I could do with that. So I loved music back in the day. When I was in school, I, I remember going to the, the career person. They said, so what do you want to do? And I said, I either want to be in a band that goes on tour with Blink-182 or I want to be <laughs> an artist. And I ended up working with Mark Coppers from Blink-182 nice. and got to meet him and and live that dream and I've got to exhibit with Banksy and, and live that dream so one of those I I wrote my first book during lockdown 
so I would love to kind of pursue that idea of storytelling and creating characters and whether that gets turned into comic books yeah. in the Stanley dream or see that turned into movies, maybe directing some kind of visual storytelling, whether it's through music, art, film or something like that. I, I don't think I'd be able to do anything else, uh, really. I'm not cut out for a desk job. <laughs> you just mentioned about moving down to London. Where mm -hmm. was home growing up? I was uh, around Peterborough. Oh, yeah. But no creative scene, no diversity. Uh, the only way you can pursue art in any capacity is probably tattooing there. Yeah. It's just not an inspiring place to be. So I had to get to London. Do you know of the exhibition that's going on? I think it may have just finished up in Peterborough at the moment. The street yeah, my, art-ish. My dad went to it. Oh, my nice. dad went to that show and he was telling everyone that my son is Rich Simmons and showing them all my artwork and saying, why haven't was you invited you, well, Was you in it? No. Nope. Oh, sorry. Nope. Didn't get uh, didn't get any uh, connection through that. But I had a lot of people that I used to know back in Peter were saying they went to it, thinking that I was going to be in it and wondering why I wasn't. So maybe they missed a trick. Oh, there you go. And Rich, have you got anything coming up? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I've got into NFTs a lot this year. Uh, I already had my first collection come out in February. So there's going to be several more collections coming out over the next year. Uh, I'm working with animators to kind of bring the artwork to life in different ways that I couldn't do before. Uh, I've got the Superman and Batman collection on the back of Reflections, uh, which was the first collection. So I'm exploring a lot more with NFTs and how that can grow my community, how that can allow me to faci facilitate artwork um, going into new people's homes and, and bridging that gap between physical and digital. I'm trying nice. to do another London show at some point. Hopefully the book will come out at some point. I'm developing- What is the book, Rich, if you don't mind me asking? It's um, it's actually a superhero origin story. It's, oh, nice. it's nothing to do with art. Growing up on comic books and loving Stan Lee, I thought, you know what? Lockdown's happened. I've lost all my gallery shows. I was playing with this idea before. Maybe I can- uh, channel all my creative energy and frustration into this and I just spent six months writing a book and trying to edit that up maybe that could be an nft collection in the future release it with a thousand different book covers and you get the digital copy and then release physical and maybe do a gallery show that relates to it maybe turn it into a comic book but that's that's a passion project there's a lot of stuff that I'm trying to do with arts the cure as well and, and grow that organization and, and continue well, tell to something about, sorry you're interrupting there Tell us something about Art is the Cure. So Art is the Cure is something that I started in 2008. So it's, it's 14 years now that I've been going to schools, running workshops, promoting art therapy, because art, as I said earlier, was the thing that saved my life. Realizing that I could channel negativity and pain through creativity is the thing that saved my life. It stopped me turning to, to drugs or alcohol or self-harm or anything like that. So I try and uh, go into schools and tell my story and, and teach other kids the creativity in, in whatever form it might be. It could be like painting, writing, drawing, skateboarding, music. As long as you have some kind of creativity to channel that anger, frustration, pain uh, in a positive, healthy way, then that's art therapy to me. Yeah, it's, it's not sitting in a doctor's office and drawing your feelings. It can be a very personal thing that you can do in your own time. So I've, I've tried to create different ways that I can get this message out there and inspire people. I'm now realizing that 
I think the best way that I can communicate this is to tell inspiring stories, whether that's interviews, trying to launch my own podcast series in the future, creating films. It's all about educating people about what mental health is to a lot of people, what creativity uh, can do, what art therapy is in all of its different facets, not just drawing, which a lot of people think it is. They say, oh, I can't draw, so I won't be able to draw my feelings. Yeah. It could be, do you feel good when you bake a, a tin of cookies, for example? Yeah, I, I zone out and I make the cookies and the batter and I, I feel happy and I get to share them with people. That's art therapy. That's If that's something that makes you feel good and use creativity, cookies are the cure if you want them to be. Music can be the cure, food, whatever it might be. Just take you to a different world for, for, a, for a, a short time. Exactly. It's, it's just finding a way to channel pain in a, in a healthy, positive, constructive way and, and trying to be that catalyst that inspires and educates people. And whether that's going into schools, whether that's creating media, whether that's, uh, again, I'm still figuring it out. I've just got the new T-shirt line coming out very soon. Um, so when people buy the T-shirts, that funds school visits. So nice. if I sell 10 T-shirts, that's how much a school might have to pay uh, to get an artist in now the school doesn't have to pay and I can go in and try and inspire the kids, tell my story and, and plant that seed of inspiration that even if they don't have any issues now, if they learn about art therapy and mental health before they struggle, then when they do struggle, they can go, well, I'll just draw, I'll just go skateboarding, I'll pick up my guitar yeah, and, and have a healthy release. There's so much to say about creativity for people who have, have not really had much of it in their life. Mm -hmm. It's also so encouraging schools to uh, teach creativity and art in different ways. And art lessons shouldn't just be, this is how you draw a bowl of fruit. Yeah. It should be, this is how you can think outside the box. Because once you start to think creatively, once you start to think outside the box, you become better at problem solving. And that creative problem solving, which is what so many artists are good at, can be used to better your maths, your science, yeah. your English, and the other and, subjects. And your emotions. Exactly. So... A lot of people think art is the least important subject because it's drawing bowls of fruit, as I said, and they don't put much importance on it. Actually, the most important subject, but it's mm. it's getting it out into the schools and, and realizing that if you taught it in a different way, you would have a bigger impact across the board. Yeah. So that's, that's another goal for Art as a Cure moving forward is how can I have that Jamie Oliver effect? with educating people about nutrition and getting it into school dinners and making food for healthier kids moving forward. So there's less obesity and there's more positive education around sport mm. and, and wellness. How can we do that with creativity and mental wellness? That there should be something going on with that. And if I can be a small part of that, if I can be a voice for good with that, then I would love to do that. Brilliant. Good on you. And how can people see what you're doing, Rich, be it um, website or social media? You can find me on uh, Rich Simmons Art on Twitter, Instagram, richsimmonsart.com, uh, Facebook. I, I'm across all the social medias with that. If you want to get um, interested in the NFT side of things that I've been doing, then go on richsimmonsart.com. There's links to OpenSea. There's links to future collections. There's films. There's videos and podcasts that I've done before so you can go and learn about what I'm doing and everything with that in terms of art as the cure you can go on artasthecure.org which is um the organization for that instagram is art as the cure org 
So you can come and follow us on there and hopefully we'll be posting a lot more content. Hopefully I can bring in someone that can help me manage art as the cure as well and be able to communicate with the schools better, to be able to promote the messages better, to be able to find collaborations and things. That's yeah. Yeah, all, all things I'm trying to piece together moving forward. So it's not just me spinning all of these plates. It's someone that art as the cure is something they can change the world with and I can give that to them and I can help facilitate stuff and I can have someone over here help me tell stories and release books and I can have someone over there help me create art projects and gallery shows and, and licensing deals and stuff. So it's trying to trying to piece together that team that can actually achieve the potential of all these ideas that I've got. Well, it sounds like you're definitely uh, spinning a lot of plates here and good luck with keeping them all spinning. I, I, I've been doing this since I was 19 and I'm 36 now. So I've had a lot of practice spinning plates. <laughs> I also know that in order to take a step forward, I'm going to have to delegate. I'm going to have to grow that team. I'm going to have to find people that share that vision that also want to do something positive in the world, use their creative platform and voice for good. And if I can give them a pre-built platform to do that with me, and they don't have to go out and try and build something of their own, then uh, I'd love to find ambassadors and, and people that can come on and, and help. Perfect. Are you going to stay in Croydon when you get a new studio? Croydon's had enough opportunities to do something positive. They had a really good street art scene and that went to shit. Um, Where'd you fancy going, Rich? Honestly, I love New York, but I know it's ridiculously expensive to do oh, that. Not, and have you're a not going to stay in a creative hub in the UK? It depends on a lot of things. Uh, I've got a technology business that I'm also trying to grow, um, that I'm in talks with investors with. If they say we've got an office in San Francisco, we want you to be based here, then I of might course. go over there. Course, that's yeah. where money is. If, if I get an agent that's based in New York, maybe I need to be in America more to be able to facilitate opportunities there. If I get a TV show, maybe I have to be closer to LA, for example. Yeah. Maybe if I have all of these things happening maybe somewhere like Toronto where it's I'm in North America, but there's health insurance and, and everything else. And I can just yeah. jump on a plane, and get somewhere quicker. Maybe Dubai is the place where all the technology is going to happen. And I need to have an office there. Maybe it's just going to be, I need a private jet in a few years. I don't know. It's, it's very difficult when I'm trying to do so many things to kind of figure out like, where am I going to be? If it was just art, I'd go buy a warehouse somewhere and I would just move down the road. And, but as it is, I don't know where the big opportunity is going to be where i need to base myself and there's a lot of conversations happening right now about about all these different ideas that i have it sounds very exciting and i wish you all the but, best yeah. with it it's um again i could just make art and and do that and have a very happy life but i feel like i have a responsibility to be that voice because there isn't other artists stepping up being an advocate like i mentioned jamie oliver You've got so many chefs that have got TV shows that are voices for food and are pushing that in new ways. And there's people doing it with cars and technology and science. You've got the Brian Coxes and David Attenboroughs and to a lesser extent, the Jeremy Clarksons and people yeah. like that of the world. But who is there right now in the art world that's getting the Netflix special, that's putting art into people's homes, that's raising awareness about creative therapy and mental yeah. health? Yeah. There isn't someone. No, I agree. And I feel like... On the back of art as the cure, the fact that I can articulate things, the fact that I do go under my own name, I'm not hiding behind a, a mask or an alter ego. 
there's a there's a big pressure that I put on myself to go, well, you go and be the fucking person to do that. No one else is stepping up and you're getting frustrated that no one's stepping up. Go and step up. So I'm trying to step up and take on all these different responsibilities because I feel like I have the skill set to handle them, even if it is difficult, even if it is stressful and I don't yeah. have time for a personal life. I want to leave the world a better place. I want to create a legacy and I'm never going to be as big as Banksy. I'm never going to be as talented as Da Vinci because there's not enough hours in the day for me to just sit there drawing <laughs> yeah. and doing it. I've got too many ideas and, and passions, but maybe I can be the artist that leaves the biggest impact. Maybe I can be the one that brings art into the most people's homes and gets the most kids learning about creativity and thinking outside the box. Maybe that can be my legacy that I've nice. inspired. Jamie Oliver's not the best chef in the world, but he's the second best selling author. And he's had the most impact in, in government with food. And he's yeah. had the most TV specials because he, he knows he's not the best chef, but he can have the biggest impact in his industry in other ways. Brilliant. As much as I'm a good artist and I try and make good artwork that people can say, yeah, he's good at what he does. That's a good stencil. That's a good painting. Perfect. That's not enough for me. How can I inspire the most people? That's the goal. Brilliant. All right then, mate. Right, I'm going to show you all the very best, mate. Mate, Speak take care. Soon. Have a good one. Thank Ta-da. you. If you've got an exhibition or any other creative project within the arts, or even just want to promote your own artwork, you could do that in podcast form similar to the one you've just listened to. They start at a convenient price point that is comfortable for any artist working on a budget. This podcast itself is created by working artists and we know how important that is. So to find out more information, you can email us on ministryofartsorg at gmail.com or on Instagram at ministryofartsorg. Ta-da! What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.